All right, friends, welcome aboard to another episode of White Collar Crimes, where we show you the only color that truly matters in our criminal justice system is green. I'm Ryan Horn, your host. Great to have you all back. You know, water is about as crucial and essential to your survival as anything I can think of. The only thing I can think of that you can not survive for as long without would be air. Uh, but water, generally from what I've read, about 36, 48 hours or, you know, depending on, you know, the numbers that you see in different researches. But not very long, but generally within a couple of days without water, at max, you are dead. You know, obviously air much shorter than that. You know, food's essential, but, you know, you can go quite a long time without food and still survive. But water is about as crucial and essential as it comes. And we drink it several times a day, and I dare say most of the time we don't give any thought to uh, how healthy it is and well-treated it is by the time we do drink it. We just trust that the government in charge of taking care of it and regulating it has done that job and provided us safe water but as we have seen sometimes unfortunately that's not always been the case and tonight we'll talk about what most of you probably remember from just a few years ago the flint michigan water crisis and uh this was a time when as i said the government that was entrusted to take care of something did not generally on this show a lot of times we've talked about you know very rich powerful individuals or corporations things like that that have committed white collar crimes but now we're going to talk about a situation where the government, you know, the very people, again, that are in charge of protection of the public, uh, betray that trust. And unfortunately, just like with other white-collar crimes, it costs people lives and injuries and things of that sort. And so as you remember a few years back, Flint, Michigan, uh, near Detroit, and like Detroit, it's pretty much in financial ruin and has definitely seen its heyday compared to years past. It's, uh, you know, lost a lot of its you know, manufacturing and, you know, automobile plants, things like that, that once made the city thrive are no longer part of it. Been going in a steady decline for a long time. Now to save money, the city officials in Flint decided to change their water source, which they had tapped from the city of Detroit to the Flint River, which was nearby Flint, Michigan, you know, hence the name. Um, Detroit got its water source primarily from Lake Huron and the Detroit River. Now, they made this switch, Flint did, back in 2014, and very soon thereafter, residents began to complain of the taste, the smell, and the overall appearance of the water. So, again, right out of the gate, people knew something was just not right. And, of course, as we'll find out later, several scientific studies did confirm a high presence of lead in this water now we all know from the years in recent years we've seen the damage that uh high based high lead based paint can do even the mental problems and uh you know physical problems and whatnot that results from a high presence of this and it's certainly no different with water you know high levels of lead in water can put an individual in a severe risk of death or injury as we will see and there was also even a speculation of the presence of Legionella, which can cause Legionnaire's disease, which it's, you know, again, those of you not familiar with that, it is a flu-like illness, a lot of respiratory illnesses, uh, fever, vomiting, chills, headaches, all that good stuff. Um, when I had just started as a correctional officer back at the sheriff's office back 
I think January of 1998. Not long after that, there was a federal inmate that was locked up there that did uh, come down supposedly with that and caused a big scare. The you know jail was put down on the lockdown. It was all over the news, caused a real big scare. I know a lot of people were you know that I knew back then kind of scared to even be around me because. They didn't know if I could be, uh, you know, passing this around or whatnot. And I remember he had to be put in isolation and treated and things like that. And I can only imagine the scare or an outbreak that would cause now, you know, something outbreak like that, you know, in the COVID situation, because, you know, correctional facilities have been, you know, on the radar as possible places that can uh, certainly spread this. But Legionnaires is no joke. It's uh, very severe uh, symptoms and illnesses that come with it. And, you know, like a very severe flu and, that was something that was starting to happen when uh, people began to drink this water and consume it. And even though in 2017 the city switched to a contract with the Great Lakes Water Authority, the effects of the contaminated water for basically three years here would still be felt a long time after, and I dare say here even in the year 2021, it's still going on actually. But in 2014, not long after the residents began to complain about this problem, the city issued a boil water order. You know, again, I'm sure just about anybody listening to that has been through that, you know, whether you live in a big city or a small town, occasionally there are water breaks or issues that happen with the water and the town, you know, through the news and other ways they announce, will announce for you to boil your water, don't drink it, it's not safe. And, you know, most of the time they don't last too terribly long, these boil water orders, but that's what the city began to, uh, recommend and uh it was so bad that flint's general motors truck plant stopped using the water due to uh some corrosion problems on their engines so that should be a huge red flag right there if you have a uh you have basically a truck plant that's not going to be able to use a you know the water because of these reasons that's that's pretty serious. So you can imagine the harm that it was doing going into people's bodies that were drinking it. So the city officials, they did have a chance to fix this by early 2015 to connect back with Lake Huron, probably through Detroit's water system, but they declined due to it being higher rates. And that is one of the primary motives that why they decided to do this, to switch back to to uh, their own system here through the Flint River was because it was cheaper. But as we find sometimes, cutting corners doesn't always help. And there's just, you know, a lot of ways that people can get into some trouble and harm can come about. And that's what happened here. Now, the residents continued to complain about the water. Same reasons, the taste, the smell, the appearance, um, the illnesses that were coming about several people were starting to get these flu-like symptoms legionnaires type symptoms and uh they had a crisis on their hand and by june of that year virginia techs had been allowed to come in and their sciences did confirm as i said a little bit ago that there were high extremely high levels of lead in their water and they estimated at that time at least 40 percent of the homes in michigan were at risk and flint I think at this point it's probably dwindled down to probably about a hundred thousand people or so. At one time it was much more than that, but now it's it's gone up a whole lot more. I mean, gone down a whole lot more. So it's not quite what it once was. But when you think about forty percent of the homes, even in a city that size, that's a lot. And 
as we'll find pretty soon, the number you know was much higher than that. But they recommended the water be declared unsafe for cooking or drinking. And let's face it, those are two of the big things we do with water, besides cleaning. And uh, sure, it wasn't safe to use it even for that. So in October 2015, Governor Rick Snyder signs a bill to provide relief and to reconnect Flint to the Detroit water system. And by December of that year, Mayor Karen Weaver has declared a state of emergency in Flint. So the governor, he also issues a public apology for the state of Michigan's role in this, which we'll find out in a little bit. So a month later in January 2016, the National Guard of Michigan is called in to distribute water to the residents. And a lot of us probably remember that. I remember seeing that on the news where you had people that were, uh, you know, standing around waiting for the National Guard to distribute the bottled water and things like that to them. I mean, just like almost like you see after a hurricane or a natural disaster, that's what you saw was happening here. Horrible situation. But uh, it was necessary to get water to the residents to survive because, as I said at the beginning of the show, that's one thing you cannot and will not be able to survive very long with without is water. And by... Not long after this, President Obama declares a state of emergency in Flint and issues a $5 million relief aid packet. And an investigation, in which there were several of them done on this, but one showed that the city's corroded, outdated water pipe system may also have contributed to the crisis. And that, I'm surprised, honestly, doesn't happen more than it does because it's so expensive to do a system like this. I know... You know, years ago, I was a mayor of a small town, and uh, we had that issue. The pipes were very old and very much aging. We were able to get some grants and things like that to go toward it, but it was not near enough to overhaul the whole system. But it's so expensive to do it, and in the day and age we live in, most communities in the country are strapped for cash. Even during good economic times, it's it's not as easy to finance these things as it used to be. So... They had an outdated problem. You know, the pipes were not in the best condition either, and that certainly did not help when you had uh, high lead-based contaminated water being filtered through it. But in April 2016, criminal charges were filed against employees Mike Glasgow, Stephen Bush, and Mike Prisby. By the summer, there were about six state of Michigan employees that had been charged. Excuse me. And by December 4th, four more employees charged. That would be city employees of Flint. And in February 2017, the CDC finds a link. This is the Center for Disease Control, which I'm sure in this day and age of the uh, COVID era we live in, you're all familiar with who they are. But uh, they find a link to the Legionnaire's disease and to the water supply. And as I said, it's a very severe flu and uh, respiratory illness that can be brought about from legionnaires so now we're into 2017 president trump he's been president for a couple months at this point he meets with uh mayor weaver to discuss getting some infrastructure funding and a settlement was later authorized shortly after this by a federal judge for 97 million dollars and this was used to replace their lead-based lines and you know outdated corroded uh water pipe system So the charges continued to be filed, and by June of that year, this is 2017, the state attorney general, 
charges five more city officials with involuntary manslaughter and one official with obstruction of justice. Now, you all know what manslaughter is, most of you, I would assume, but that is when you kill somebody, maybe not intentionally, but your harmful and negligent actions lead to their death. You know, if you go out and drive drunk and you crash and kill somebody, that's a form of manslaughter. You may not have premeditated and intended to kill that person, but your risky behavior and getting drunk and driving around like that, that's what led to that person's death. So therefore, you are criminally liable, even though you didn't intend, per se, to kill them. And obstruction of justice, most of the time, is simply the covering up of evidence. And as we'll see, that was a big part of the crime from the Flint and the state of Michigan officials that were involved in this. It's not just the crime they did of knowingly letting contaminated water get out to cut corners and to save bucks and things like that, but it was a fact that so many of them tried to cover this up when the light was being shown upon them. So the charges continue to be filed, as I said, manslaughter, obstruction obstruction of justice. And by October, the uh, charge included Eden Walls, Wells, who was charged with involuntary manslaughter for her role in the Legionnaires outbreak. So even though, uh, you know, she didn't intentionally, per se, send, you know, this out there to give everybody Legionnaires, she did, and her negligent actions and her knowingly negligent actions brought about criminal charges to her because this Legionnaires outbreak killed at least 12 people in Flint, Michigan. She was at that time considered to be a top state medical official. So here you have again what's common in white-collar crime, a position of trust, and uh, that trust is violated. All too many times that's a theme as we see oftentimes in white-collar crime. So... They do continue to do other studies, University of uh, or Virginia Tech and some other schools, and they begin to show that the high level of lead that was in this water most likely killed the microbes that were needed to kill the Legionnaires bacteria. So not only was the lead harmful in its own way, but it also was uh, killing the you know microbes that were needed to kill the Legionnaires bacteria. So it was a double whammy, so to speak, for the people of Michigan who had to deal with this. And studies were showing that high levels of exposure uh, also to the school children, which is unfathomable, but, uh, you know, everybody of all age groups were put to, to, at risk during this scam scandal and this crisis, and uh, that did include school children. So in June that year, uh, Michigan decided to change things with how they were going to deal with their water, and they made their standards so strict they even exceeded the federal limits for lead testing. You know, obviously they learned a lot from this and they wanted to make sure this mistake was not repeated again. Um, Elon Musk, the CEO of Tesla, well known now, uh, he donated $480,000 to help the schools get the proper UV filtration devices they need so the kids could have safe drinking water while they were at school. And, you know, hopefully their education's not disrupted any more than it already was. So here we are in 2021 now, and uh, earlier this year by January, the indictments are still continuing to roll out at this point. You know, we're still kind of in, I guess, the aftermath, so to speak, of this this crime. The, among these indictments include the Rick Snyder, the former governor of Michigan. And uh, just like with the corporations, the problem that's been with this throughout the whole thing is there's just too many people to nail it down to 
who really was truly responsible for this. You know, it's like when I talked about the Ford Motor Company, you know, when they sent out the faulty uh, gas tank on the Pinto that would explode when it was just, you know, minimal contact. And, you know, three young ladies were killed in one, you know. Um, Who did we really able to nail that down? No, the prosecutor decided to charge the Ford Corporation with murder, but in the end they were acquitted, and that is one of the problems that we've seen, whether it be... uh, Exxon or Ford or any one of these, there's so many people involved in this, it's almost impossible to nail it down to who really is responsible for this. And I'm sure it's no different here because, as I said, you had officials from the state of Michigan and the city of Flint involved in this, several of them. Now, uh, as time went on, some of them had their charges dismissed for their cooperation or they had them uh, reduced to misdemeanors and not so serious you know, of offenses. Uh, Some, you know, lost their jobs and things like that. But to date, you know, and we do still have some things pending from that, but nobody that I'm aware of has really received a really harsh sentence for this yet. Now, I could be wrong, but right now we still have some things pending on this. But at this point, we don't really know if anybody's really truly going to uh, be served justice on this. And as I said, one of the biggest crimes that happened throughout all this was not the actual act itself, you know, even though that was certainly evil and negligent enough, but just as much what got the officials in charge with this in trouble was the cover-up attempt. Now, several uh, officials were involved in denying that there was anything wrong with the water at all. For a long time, they fought and argued with the city of Flint, and what it really took to kind of bring light to this were citizens, you know, uh, standing up and fighting back and demanding, you know, re- Uh, investigations and demanding things be looked into and whatever your political perspective is I encourage that from everybody you know encourage look into what your local city government's doing look into what your school boards are doing things like that stand up if there's things not right fight back you just may save lives like these people did I mean who knows how badly this would have gotten out of hand if they hadn't have stood up and fought back when they did and were able to bring you know, justice about. Who knows how badly this could have gotten. But as I said, the crimes just weren't the Flint officials. Uh, Many state regulators and, you know, even elected, you know, high up state officials. You have the governor who, you know, the former governor at this time that may, uh, you know, end up serving some justice out of this. But we'll just have to wait and see because as we've also seen on this show, a recurring theme is unfortunately when people in white collar crime do get sentences, They're often very lenient or not at all, you know. Um, We've had a few cases we've talked about, like Stuart Parnell from the Peanut Corporation of America and, you know, Bernie Madoff and a handful of other ones where people do finally get some justice. But overwhelmingly, they get little to none in these type of cases. And as I said, we've already seen some cases dropped or reduced to a misdemeanor. And, you know, that's not uncommon when people cooperate and help with an investigation and things. I mean, you do need you know, their cooperation to help expose and bring some things to light. So I, you know, that is certainly understandable and to be expected in a situation like this, but only time will see, tell if we, you know, really see justice on this and, you know, the families of the at least a dozen people, if not more that have been killed. And we certainly know a lot of people have suffered other harmful uh, effects from this that, you know, may, you know, affect them for years or even for the rest of their lives. You know, again, exposure to lead and things like this in this water very dangerous and the health effects uh, could be felt for years to a lifetime so it's not a not a situation that's going to be over anytime soon but unfortunately hopefully uh, 
the people of Flint, Michigan, and if you are listening from that area, hopefully uh, you get justice on it. So, well, we're going to come up on a show probably uh, coming up here soon. We've got a few ideas that I plan on covering in mind. One of them I would like to take a chance to discuss, you know, the corrupt politics that we have here in Illinois. One of our last governors to go to prison be Mr. Rod Blagojevich. We are going to do a show on him coming up and uh, stay tuned. This depends on what else is going on in the news. We will continue to update situations like Purdue Pharma and some of these others. Um, we certainly enjoy bringing this show to you. Like our Facebook page, White Collar Crimes. Um, if you'd like to donate, as I always say, on a, the Anchor page, there's a link you can donate. But as always, most importantly, we appreciate you tuning in and listening to support us above all. And we do appreciate you doing that. And thank you for joining in tonight. And uh, we look forward to seeing you here on the next episode of White Collar Crimes. Take care and God bless everybody.